When it comes to urban parks, Vancouver's got some heavy hitters. There's Queen Elizabeth Park, this majestic sprawling oasis on top of a small mountain. There's Pacific Spirit Regional Park, which has these enormous ancient evergreens. There's Stanley Park, a thousand-acre rainforest that was at one point literally named the top park in the world. So by comparison, Guelph Park, this postage stamp-sized park in a working-class neighborhood, it never even really registered for most people. But in 1991, an art installation changed that. It galvanized a small community. It pitted residents against the city government. And ultimately, it renamed the park itself. You know, that uh, evolution of the park was something that was far beyond just a community happening. Um, It's something that took on a life of its own. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're visiting Vancouver, Canada, to learn how Guelph Park transformed itself into what it is now. Dude. Chilling. Park. That's next. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. At Founders Brewing Company, we set out to create a beer that lets you embrace the unconventional. Mortal Bloom is a radiantly beautiful, hazy IPA that will wrap your taste buds with intense citrus and tropical notes of pineapple and mango. Coming in at 6.2% ABV with big aromatics and no bitterness, it's the perfect beer, if we do say so ourselves. Visit foundersbrewing.com to find Mortal Bloom Hazy IPA. In the 1990s, Vancouver's Mount Pleasant neighborhood was more than anything just pleasant. It was a nondescript working class neighborhood. That's Christopher Richardson, a former city parks commissioner. He knows Vancouver parks like the back of his hand, and he's a bit of a local historian. Anyway, Mount Pleasant had breweries, artist studios, and three-story apartment buildings on tree-lined streets. But it wasn't a, uh, a destination. This unassuming little artsy neighborhood had an equally unassuming little park in it called Guelph Park, which is named after an old British royal family or something along those lines. It was just a typical, ordinary, uh, run-of-the-mill community park. Like, and of the 215-odd parks in the city, probably uh, there was nothing really distinct. 
distinguishing about it. But one summer weekend in 1991, Guelph Park hosted an arts festival. And an artist named Michael Dennis presented a piece that he called Reclining Figure. It's a pretty simple piece. It's three hunks of wood. He's selling it short. It's three curved sections of cedar that he arranged to look like sort of a stick figure, laid out, legs crossed, propped up on its elbow, like a big 10-foot-tall dude, just sort of chilling, you know? One official from the Parks Department absolutely loved it. Sunny afternoon, woman came up to me and said, Hey, I really like this here. And, um... I said, yeah, oh, thank you. And she said, why don't you just leave it? I mean, there aren't a whole lot of professions where you go up to the professional and you say, hey, why don't you give me that fruit of your labor? But she did, and I did. (laughs) Reclining figure became a permanent piece of the park. Neighborhood kids were free to play on it. People would come by and take pictures with it. But it wasn't quite a real fixture of the neighborhood. Not yet. Fast forward 20 years, and it's 2012. And the city's undergone some big changes in the years leading up to its hosting of the Winter Olympics. Vancouver definitely had a reputation of being no fun city at the time. That's Dustin Bromley, a drummer in a punk band who at the time was actually living across the street from Guelph Park. Anyway, the Olympics meant new condos in artist communities, which meant noise complaints, which meant a lot of longstanding bars and DIY music venues getting shut down. The city's artists felt like they were under attack. I think a lot of creatives were pushing back against the the No Fun City image at that time. So I think it was like, it was a big shift. With all this repressed creative energy in the air, one artist struck out to make a little fun of his own. One night in November 2012, a guy named Victor Bretzinski installed what appeared to be an official sign in Guelph Park. It looked perfect, fully legit, like even the neighbors were confused about whether it was real. They were impressed on how well a park board sign was recreated because it was exact right down to the T. Only this sign didn't read Guelph Park. It read, Do Chilling Park. The joke was, I guess pretty obviously, in reference to the reclining figure, which in all fairness very much resembles a dude chilling in a park. And thanks to those blissed out, kicked back vibes of reclining figure, locals had actually already started referring to the park as Dude Chilling Park. Victor's sign just made it official. And the sign was a hit. The neighborhood loved it. The art community loved it. But the parks board, they did not love it. Chris Richardson wasn't even the parks commissioner at the time, but he remembers the whole thing vividly. The park board uh, reacted, overreacted to that. Um, and, it, and it said that that was vandalism. You know, excuse me, but you vandalized this, the official sign of the park. The board threw away the gorilla sign the very next day. And the whole thing left a bad taste in the community's mouth. The local community was in an uproar uh, that the 
Angela Art would have been treated in this disrespectful manner. I think calling it vandalism was really what set a lot of people off. Um, it was just a fun thing. Luckily, though, Dustin Bromley, the drummer who had been living across the street, had some free time. I was pretty bored at my day job, and that's when I decided, hey, let's make a funny little petition about this. Um, and posted that on my social media, and, and then it kind of took on a life of its own. Dustin's funny little petition actually racked up 1,800 signatures, which is a fair bit for a bedroom community, especially when it comes to neighborhood park politics. Once I saw that the, the residents in the neighborhood were quite into it, then I went with it a bit more seriously. That was the day that the, the park really took on a uh, profile that was much bigger than it had ever been in the past. Way bigger. Bigger as in new stations loved this standoff so much, it made it all the way to Jimmy Kimmel Live. Bigger like Seth Rogen tweeting out his support. Just bigger. And all the while this was going on, the park itself was transforming under all the attention. You know, on any given day, you might see, on a sunny day, maybe 10 people there. Whereas afterward, you might see more like, you know, 50 or 60 in this park. It just instantly made it into that hub. After the petition, Dustin was invited to make his case to the parks board on behalf of the neighborhood at the next meeting. The board voted to... Just look into it. But in fact... Cut to a year later, the park board made a new version of the sign that would be up to code and and weatherproof. Looked exactly the same as Victor's work did. The neighborhood's efforts paid off, and the sign remained. And so it was was like hands-off our park. You know, it's our park, it's not your park. Dustin and some friends held a small unveiling ceremony... And local news stations came with cameras. We had a little uh, little sheet covering it up and got to unveil it. Um, I had planned to say, the dudes may chill, but I totally forgot in the moment. So <laughs> that was a missed opportunity. Um, and really at that point, Guelph Park had kind of taken on a, another name, which was too chilling. All was well until about 2017, when the dude started showing his age. You know, cedar is kind of rotting away. Kids are getting slivers, you know, playing on this thing. Michael Dennis, the artist behind the reclining figure, a.k.a. the dude, stepped forward with the idea of recasting it in bronze. But the city wasn't willing to pay for it. And as Richardson says, it was not a cheap process. It was kind of, well, if you guys want to save it, then save it with your own money. Uh, I think we started off thinking it was going to cost 50 grand. The fundraising effort was all hands on deck. Neighbors sold pins and T-shirts. Michael Dennis solicited his well-heeled clientele for donations. And Richardson pitched corporations on dollar-for-dollar campaigns. Even a neighborhood brewery got involved. You know, I'm holding up a poster here that I framed uh, East Van original, dude-chilling pale ale. You know, for every half sack of half-dozen beer, they'd give 25 cents to saving the dude. And a local theater donated proceeds from the screening of another well-known dude. The big Lebowski. So there it is. 
In time, the neighborhood raised enough money to save their dude. And when the bronze replica was introduced in 2019, it was downright touching. I asked a local uh, Musqueam elder to come and as he basically told us cedar is a seed and that cedar rots and that cedar kind of returns itself to the soil and then it sprouts out. So he asked us um, as a group to ask the dude to awaken. He said it was kind of a life cycle. So there was a very um, symbolic gesture of the community holding hands and embracing the new sculpture and asking the dude to reawaken. In the end, the city's very unchill attempt to clamp down on riffraff had backfired in spectacular fashion. If they had just left it there, maybe the park wouldn't be known as Dude Chilling Park. Maybe it would just be a funny sign that fell apart after a while. And in a way, it was a blessing. The Dude Chilling Park of today is a way better public space than the Guelph Park of yesteryear. Oh, night and day became a a neighborhood hub. It became like a gathering place. Oh, I'll meet you at Dude Chilling Park. Or uh, if, uh, you know, someone was visiting their friend in Vancouver, it became a place you could bring a friend to 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 show off. Like, oh, you haven't heard about Dude Chilling Park? Come check this out. The whole saga ended up actually being really empowering for the community of Mount Pleasant. Here is the artist Michael Dennis. So often these days we feel like we don't have any influence on the environment that we live in. So this is a... um, Three hunks of cedar laying in the woods on its own wouldn't mean much. But when arranged just right, those same hunks of cedar put a quaint little park on the map. And they gave one hard-working community in Vancouver an identity and a license to chill. One quick heads up before we go. If you go to Dude Chilling Park hoping to see the sign, know that since the official version of the Dude Chilling Park sign went up in 2014, it's actually been stolen three times. Most recently this past February. Not super chill. The park board was able to install a fresh version in March, and rather than issuing a press release, they just tweeted, Okay, you can chill now. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was reported by the excellent Luke Fader. The production team includes Chris Naka, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, 
a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.